0: Welcome to the seventh episode of Sustainabro Life. This week on the show, we are trying to first ever double interview with the co-owners of Sustainably Swole. So we're really interested to see how that goes. And then for those of you who don't know, Sustainably Swole is an awesome science-based blog that basically teaches you everything you need to know about eating sustainably and just getting yoked at the same time. Um, So joining us today are Claire Marr and Marcus Diaguer. And we're going to be touching on a whole host of different topics with them, and that's going to be including you know, the health and environmental impacts of actually being a vegan, as well as some of the stereotypes that exist in the sports and fitness industry for veganism. But before we get going, guys, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you drop us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on, and make sure to also follow us on Instagram at sustainabro.life. All right, guys, that is enough of that. I won't bother you anymore, so let's just hop into it. Yeah. So guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the, the time to take this interview. I really appreciate it. And so one of the reasons I want to have you guys on is I think it's like uh really cool what you're doing. So you run a, you run a blog, right? It's called sustainably swole. So basically it's kind of about from my understanding, right? Like veganism and also lifting and kind of a combination of those two things, which I think is super relatable to me at least. And that's really why I wanted to to have you guys on the show, and I think we'll probably get into that a little bit and in, in kind of the stuff around veganism and all that. Um, but first, like, would you guys just be able to, I guess, give me a little synopsis about you guys and kind of what got you into sustainability to begin with?
1: Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, we really, um, yeah. So, uh, my name is Marcus Dagiar, um, I graduated from RIT this past May um, in biomedical engineering. Um, and I've always been into, you know, fitness and everything, the gym, um, and very involved in my diet, I'd say. Um, and Clara actually a little bit got me into veganism and everything. But initially I got into to veganism and, and a plant-based diet because of my health. But um, after doing a lot of research and digging, um, I was actually like almost kind of like terrified, really alarmed at really how horrible, you know, the livestock sector and things like that are for, um, for just the overall planet's health and, and sustainability. So that was kind of my um, initial reaction and my, my first kind of um, glimpse at sustainability.
2: Yeah, and I'm Claire Marr. I also graduated from RIT in May, and I've been vegetarian for almost two years now, and then vegan for about eight months. Um, so, and I initially went into it for the environmental impact and kind of the way animals were treated. And then once I transitioned to a plant-based I realized how much better it made me feel health-wise. So we kind of come, I think, from different backgrounds of why we went vegan.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's neat. So like you both kind of have a, a different story there. So you have kind of Marcus, you were looking at more the, the health aspects of it and kind of your diet in general. And then Claire, you originally started kind of looking at the ethical concerns more so. And I think, you know, the thing that's cool about, you know, vegetarianism, veganism, stuff like that is there's a lot of, I guess, different reasons that maybe people go vegetarian or vegan. Um, and so for you guys personally, like, what do you think like the biggest one that kind of helps you to stay there?
2: For me personally, um, I love food. I love eating and the like plant-based food is just as good as non-plant-based food. Um, especially nowadays, the world's changing and more options are becoming available, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But just, I love the meals I cook. I think they taste great. Um, I think they're pretty, they're fun to eat. So it's not just the boring stereotypical eating rabbit food. Like everyone says.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, um, again, just getting into sort of the initial reason I really went plant-based. Um, I just feel so much healthier and, and so much better kind of all around. Um, it's helped me just feel more fit and more healthy. Um, so that's been pretty awesome for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then, so you run, you run your blog, right? Sustainably swole. So would you, what are you uh, kind of trying to do with that?
1: Yeah. Um, so me and Claire both, um, again, she was one of the main reasons why, um, I became a uh, vegan and plant based. Um, but so initially, um, so I did, I did breast cancer research at the university of Rochester medical center, um, for a couple of years, um, So kind of that research, research research-based background, um, I kind of dove a lot into a lot of um, literature before I made the switch. um, I wanted to make sure I had my facts straight and stuff like that. Um, So after, you know, reading a lot um, and learning about it, I realized it's actually, you know, really powerful um, in health and really powerful for the environment um, and animals. Um, So kind of just coming at it from a standpoint that's relatable to people, I think coming from sort of, um, you know, the gym background and sort of the, like the, 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 bro stigma and things like that, um, kind of breaking that stigma and sort of just trying to give people, I guess, facts and, and, and nothing that's really too opinion-based, um, so that they can kind of see everything for themselves. Uh just trying to push that and yeah, trying to help as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, so like when you were when you were doing research there, like what did you was there any like facts that really stood out to you that you found that were just like kind of blew you away?
1: Um, well, and so initially I had watched um a documentary that gave me a lot of initial ideas. So I, I started to dig into a lot of the a lot of the health benefits and things like that, um, that confirmed these these initial statements, initial ideas. Um and that was really cool. And then obviously as I started to get more into um sort of the environmental impact and some of the impact on animals and things like that. Um that was where I was actually pretty shocked because you 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 hear all sorts of people talking about, you know, we need to recycle we need to be better for for the environment in general. And um it was honestly just shocking how big of an impact just things like the livestock sector and agriculture has on the environment. I really I didn't even really think to, to never really think about or know about. So that was kind of, that really stood out to me. Um, some of the facts that I read and some of the the stats I read were honestly kind of terrifying.
0: <laughs> okay. And then, so what are you, what are you kind of like the
1: subjects that you're targeting on your blog? Um, so again, initially, um, it was a lot about health, but, but we you know we have, we already have a post about, um, Sustainability and the environmental environmental impact that um, going plant based or going vegan or vegetarian can have on the environment. Um, we have, and we'll be posting more about um, some more fitness things, just about um, some uh, different ideas for for training splits and things like that too. Some of the science behind maybe full body versus versus half body or breaking up the different body parts and things like that. So, you know, we don't try to stick to just about the health, we kind of try to do overall plant-based, healthy lifestyle, a goal-oriented lifestyle and things like that. Okay. And have you guys,
0: like, uh, I guess, looked into the carbon footprint of someone who might be a vegetarian versus a vegan versus a omnivore, just someone who eats, like, a lot of meat? Like, do you have, like, maybe, like, quantifiable numbers?
2: Yeah. Um, and this is a big reason why I went vegan, that as – one person it's like the best thing you can do to have a large impact um for sustainability wise and helping the environment so um the impact that the vegan lifestyle or the agriculture and livestock sector lifestyle has on the environment is basically like land use water and the effect it has on the atmosphere um so talking about um carbon footprint um raising cattle across the world Actually, studies have found creates more greenhouse gases than cars, boats, planes and trains combined. Um, And that's because of the livestock waste actually releases an insane amount of methane into the atmosphere, Um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And steps are trying to be taken to limit that. Um, But the amount of carbon um, emissions that cows produce is just like kind of insane. Um, And then like water consumption is... um, studies like spitting out numbers but um, they found that if we cut consumption of animal products in half it would reduce just the United States um, like requirements of water by 37 percent the use of water if we just cut um, consumption of animal products in half.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And so, yeah, you were kind of touching on it, I guess. So like uh, livestock, stuff like that, it produces a lot of methane. Right. And at least from, from my reading, I've found that like methane typically produces like 20 times the the warming effect that maybe like carbon dioxide might have. Right.
2: Yeah. It's much worse um, than carbon dioxide and considered much more dangerous.
0: Okay, cool. And then, so what about, Uh, like the impact of maybe like the dairy industry versus maybe just the meat industry. So, so what was your reasoning for choosing veganism versus just vegetarianism?
2: Um, I am also lactose intolerant, which going down the whole humans consuming milk is a whole nother rabbit hole and a whole conversation of itself um, that we don't need to get into, but I was vegetarian and then, I found that that really was a simple adjustment in my lifestyle. It's not as complicated as people um, make it out to be. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to make that change in my lifestyle. So then kind of cutting out dairy, which I already was doing, though I was one of those stereotypical lactose intolerant people who kind of ignored it. Um, And then... Um, cutting out dairy from my diet wasn't a huge adjustment and that final cut of dairy out of my diet really changed how I felt like I just felt so much better health-wise.
0: Okay, cool. And then how about you Marcus looking at it from like a factual perspective that you said you did a lot of research on?
1: Yeah. um, So I think it's actually our initial post, but um, one of the things that jumped out to me, jumped out at me um, initially was, Um, when you consume, I believe it's red meat and and dairy products, two, uh, molecules in particular, um, one is IGF one, which is, um, insulin-like growth factor one. And the other was, um, TMAO, which is a really long name. I I forget it off the top of my head, but, um, trimethyl, uh, amine oxide, I think it is. But, um, the IGF one, um, again, from dairy, red meat, um, when you consume large amounts of amino acids from the, these sources um, the essentially when you're um, a child, it's an IGF one is essential for um, just regular growth. But as you become an adult um, it's used mainly for growth hormone uh, regulation. But um, basically when, you know, when you break down your muscle workout and then you you have this IGF one circulating from your liver, it sort of tells you know, your whole body just grow, grow, grow. And and while that might seem initially like good for your, for your muscles, obviously it's not really muscle specific. So it's kind of sort of to really everything in your body. So, um, that kind of, um, has a, a, an increase in, in cell growth an increase in cell proliferation differentiation. So that was the first thing that, that is, um, differentiation and proliferation is of course linked to um, different types of cancer and, and IG, uh, increased IGF one was um, linked to specifically breast, lung, prostate, and colorectal cancer. And then on the other hand, the TMAO, um, when uh, certain molecules uh, from red meat and dairy again that are broken down in your uh, in your intestines, when those are broken down, um, TMAO in the bloodstream uh, increases the circulating TMAO, and that um, causes a inflammatory response to your body. So increased blood pressure and sort of increased risk to, um, heart disease and things like that. So for me, um, cutting out dairy in specific was, was mainly for, for those reasons. Um, that's really kind of at the molecular scale, but can actually have a big effect on your long-term health.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. This is really interesting to me because of, I guess I haven't really researched it that much. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, you know, I, consciously try to reduce the amount of meat I eat on, on a weekly basis, but I definitely haven't really uh, taken those full steps. So this is all like really interesting stuff to learn for me. Um, And so I know like one complaint, right. With, with vegetarianism people who tend to lift or work out a lot is kind of like protein intake. So what would you kind of have to say about um, getting the correct amount of protein, right? Like I know from my experience, my reading, you should be getting like, if you want to go through muscle synthesis, stuff like that, you should be getting around like 0. 0.7 to one gram of protein for every pound of like lean muscle mass you have. Right. So how how do you combat that and, and reach the amount of protein that you need to continue building your body?
1: Yeah. So, um, if you would have, I, I can really relate to this because, because, um, you know, if you would have told me that, like a year from, uh, a year ago today that I was going to be, you know, a vegan, um, I probably would have been mad. I, I would not have believed you because my initial thoughts were, were there's no way you can get enough protein or really anything you need for your, for your body to grow muscle. Um, and honestly, in the long run, once I've sort of gotten, once I've sort of learned, you know, how my diet works and things like that, it's actually a little bit easier for me to hit my protein goal every day, but Um, you know, they, they make incredible sources, different sources of protein. Um, most vegetables are high in protein. Beans are extremely high in protein. Um, legumes are extremely high in protein. And aside from that, they obviously do a great job with, with, um, you know, meat replacements like tofu, siten, things like that. Um, there's all these new brands coming out with high protein options and things like that to reach your protein goal. But that was my biggest concern. And, um, it's actually been a little bit easier and a little bit cheaper for me specifically. Um hit that goal every day. Um, the biggest thing for me was just so, some of the deficiencies. Some vegan protein sources actually are um, deficient in some, um, not deficient, incomplete in their amino acid uh, makeup as far as essential amino acids go. So my recommendation usually, obviously I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist, but usually I try to supplement um, amino acids every day just to make sure I get the essential ones for building muscle. But as far as protein intake goes, it's actually, it's kind of a myth. I think it's really not difficult to hit your goals because of the actually, you know, big, you know, the, the, the a lot of different sources you, you you can find for, for, um, plant-based.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so like Claire, like Marcus kind of touched on this. How do you, I guess he touched on the incomplete amino acids that might, may be present in the proteins of certain foods, um, that are plant-based. How do you kind of, how do you personally combat that and make sure that you have complete proteins?
2: Yeah, um, adding on to what Marcus said, and I this is nowhere near a scientific or research-based. Um, one just thing, and you mentioned just the myth of not hitting protein, um, being plant-based. And when I heard this, um, someone told me this, or I read it in a documentary, and it really like, just like when a light, a light bulb went off in my head of, People think that you need to eat the animals to get the protein, but the animals get the protein from plants. So, in essential, you're just cutting out the middleman of the animal. Um, It's still the same protein (laughs) because they just change what the protein they get from plants. Um, But for me personally, I um, definitely am not as strict about making sure I hit my marks. But um, I definitely eat a lot of tofu, um, which is a soy-based. protein and a lot of beans and um peanuts are super high in protein. Um so I definitely have not really found any issue in trying to hit my protein marks. Um the vegan protein powder that are coming out nowadays are just as good as the regular ones, I think if not better. Um and pretty much the same price point as you would get with other protein powders. So it's definitely was not a super big adjustment to make. Um, you just kind of have to know what you're doing. But
0: definitely super easy. Okay, cool. And guys like not to, or I'm going to pivot a little bit here, but you know, recently there have been kind of, uh, new developments in stuff like maybe like synthetic beef or synthetic meat. How do you feel about kind of, I guess, eating something like that?
1: I think it's important, um, you know, to really look into, I guess first the sources of protein and sort of maybe just some of the ingredients that are actually going into these things. I mean, they may be um, most of the time because if, you know, if they are entirely plant-based or things like that, um, typically they, they should be coming from, from, you know, healthy sources, but I just think it's super important to make sure you, you know, do your research before you put something into your body, um, in any sense. Um, so that's kind of my stand. Yeah. I I I think most most of the the meat replacers I use, um, I'll have like sort of like the usual ones I buy are like chorizo type cy si- uh or like um the like sauce almost like a sausage length kind of a thing that's like a citin those are some of the ones that I eat, but um I just make sure that the sources are are clean and, and healthy and and um plant-based really. So yeah, going off of that,
2: um I definitely encourage do the research. So like new impossible brand, impossible meats brand and beyond beef meat. Um, they're great. And, um, I think for the people who want to switch to plant based, but they still want like a burger or they just like want that feeling. Um, it's a good option for them, but they, to achieve that, like mock beef taste and texture, they're is a high amount of like saturated fat in them. So you have to be careful. But every once in a while you want an impossible Whopper because they're good and it tastes like a Whopper. Um, but I do think um, it's just good to keep in mind the amount of fats that go into those.
1: Yeah, that that, that was one thing I wanted to add to that. Thank you, Claire. Um, just because, you know, it might be plant-based doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy or in the sense of uh, fats and, and and things like that, so. Yeah, that's an awesome point.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's a general theme that I've been founding is, finding is things aren't necessarily black and white all the time. Um, I think that's really important to remember that there's often a lot of gray area. And so, you know, someone who might be vegetarian or vegan could act in a way <laughs> or eat in a way that might not actually be healthier for them, right? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So that is important to I guess do your research and, and make sure
1: you're up to date
0: on you know what's actually good for you.
1: have to be aware of a lot of um, deficiencies too, because um, while you can pretty much get everything you need in a diet from from um, really any plant based source, um, sometimes they can be difficult to to obtain based on just your average food you find at the at the grocery store or things like that. So I think it's important to make sure you you understand um what you may be deficient into and supplement correctly.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Um, and so with you guys and, and sustainably swole kind of like where are you looking to eventually go with that? Um, what's kind of your end goal?
1: Yeah. Um, I think initially, you know, we we kind of wanted to just share some of the knowledge that we had found, but, um, you know, Claire is incredible as far as designing and uh, the creating really a, a brand for us. So, um i love the idea behind um behind the brand and and sort of everything about it so i could totally see it's becoming you know anywhere from from videos to even a podcast or continue to blog or even clothing things like that we kind of just want to i don't know there's a lot of potential uh claire if you have any ideas
2: yeah um i would (laughs) we have so many ideas i will speak to though um A little caveat that I personally as the designer and as the one who came up with the brand love to mention um our logo is the gladiator helmet and it is based off of research that went into that found that the gladiators actually had a plant-based diet so what we were historically taught growing up for some of the fiercest and strongest warriors in history were actually plant-based um so that's my little caveat of why we our logo looks like that um but yeah, definitely going off what Marcus said. Of we just want to inform as many people as possible, and I think as we previously mentioned, there's such a stigmatism or just this um, bias in the fitness community when it comes to health and diet. And I I would just love to educate people on the fact that like you can still be vegan and be you'll be super strong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think I kind of actually have have two questions just running off that. Um, the first would just be like, do you find that the, uh, thought of a vegan is, is kind of changing or at least like the stereotype that belongs to vegans? And then what are some of the stereotypes that do exist for being a vegan?
1: Um, I, I think so, especially with the, um, the stereotypes, I think it's becoming so much more common now um, from social media to, to really anything you see. Um, the coolest part for me was because I, I've always been so into into fitness and bodybuilding and things like that. Um, so obviously um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, always a, always a, he's probably the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Um, in the documentary, I initially watched uh, Game Changers he actually has a small part of it and actually says he's like 90% uh, plant-based, I think. Um, so for me, that was like, almost like the turning point. If, if if the greatest bodybuilder of all time is now becoming plant-based, he sees all the health benefits behind it and everything. For me, that was, that was pretty cool to see. So um, I think the, that stigma is definitely starting to change a lot. Um, and, you know, some of the stereotypes are, are come from, honestly, just so much of just social, you know, marketing, things like that, that if you don't eat meat, you're going to be weak. If you don't eat meat, you won't get your protein. Um, you want to be huge, like, or huge or strong or fit, like the guys you see on TV, things like that. You have to eat meat to to, to attain that. And, um, you know, research has shown over and over again, that that's just not true. You know, there's so much money, you know, in, in, in livestock and, and, and in the meat industry, I think they really do push that, that view that you have to consume animal products to, to, you know, attain the physique you want or be strong or be able to bench press 300 pounds, 400 pounds, whatever you want to say. Um, so those are some of the stereotypes that you're weaker, you know, you're, or you're, you're not getting enough protein or you won't really make it to your, your, your fitness goals if you don't eat meat.
2: Yeah. And going off of what Marcus said, um, I think those stereotypes are being broken. Um, a lot more Olympians, athletes, Olympic athletes, are going vegan, um, and competing in the Olympics vegan and performing well vegan. So, um, I definitely think those stereotypes of being weak are getting squashed every day. Um, and another stereotype that we all hear as vegans is and one that drives me personally a little mad is the well you do you you're one person you doing this isn't going to have an effect whether it means from a sustainability and animal ethics standpoint um I hear a lot well just you is going to do nothing and I completely just disagree with that because if you look today like almost the majority of fast food brands that are out there now have like a vegan option and that wasn't I'm sure if you said that 10 years ago, people would have laughed in your face. So I think that we are, it's a slow battle um, and the progress is slow. And like Marcus said, the livestock industry is huge and it's a big thing to combat. But um, I just definitely think that like, it's a great impact that I can make on the environment personally, and then I can educate others and we are slowly making change and hopefully having a positive impact on the environment as
0: we do so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and guys, we're, I think we're, we're kind of like getting to that, that time point. Do you mind if we hop into a little bit of a fire round? Not at all. All right, um, and so there's two of you, right? So maybe, maybe how we'll just break this down is just kind of like switch off between the two of you, if that's, that's cool? Sure. All right, so first question. Um, what is one book that you think everyone should read?
2: Um, okay. Well, we don't have a book per se, but the documentary that we mentioned previously throughout this conversation is Game, Changer, Game Changers on Netflix. Um, and it really covers the vegan lifestyle from every, all different points, um, health, fitness, environmental, animal ethics. Um, it was a very well-rounded look into a vegan lifestyle with like real studies with NFL players and Olympians and interviews. So I definitely, I recommend that to everyone because it's on Netflix. It's easy to watch. Very well done. So,
0: All right. So game changers, you said it's on Netflix. So guys, if you want learn a bit, a bit more, uh, you can check it out. All right. And then the next one is, is kind of, how do you guys define success? Um, so
1: for, for me, um, I think being able being at a point in your life where you can actually put your time and resources towards something you're really passionate about, um, in an effective manner. Um, so whether that, that means, you know, you have financial freedom or some sort of freedom, um, in that sense, I think success is when you can actually, you, you know, you, you can make an, an impact on, on, on the planet. So whether that be, with um, sustainability or, or you know, environmental awareness, or whether that be with um, you know, like racism awareness, whatever it may be, whatever you're passionate about, I think having some form of freedom to actually put your time and resources towards something can have a, a big impact to me that's, that's successful and powerful.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it certainly is. Um, okay, cool. And then next question is what do you think is kind of one of the biggest myths that you often hear about sustainability?
1: Um, for me, Claire actually kind of already mentioned it. Um, kind of that, that myth that, you know, just one person isn't going to make a difference. Um, it almost makes it seem like people, just sort of think that, you know, trying to be, you know, better with the planet overall is almost like inconvenient to them. And, and <laughs> to me that's just so crazy because I think it's probably inconvenient to the planet that we, we came along and messed them up, but, or messed the planet up, but, but um, just, just the idea that, that that one person can make a difference um, I think is, is the biggest myth. Um, Cause already just, just by me uh, becoming plant-based um, my sister, uh, I think it might make the switch soon. My dad has already taught to people work about it, and he already has two people that are actually think they're going to switch to to plant based or or veganism. So, uh, yeah, that's my myth.
0: Yeah, super cool. How about you, Claire?
2: Um, like I mentioned, in what Marcus talked to about the just one person. I mean, I got Marcus to go vegan. Um, or was a contributing factor.
1: Happy I did. Yeah.
2: Um, Oh, my God. I was like, you're joking when he told me. Um, But I think that's a huge uh, myth. And even just like, um, I think that a lot of people don't think that the small things and the small changes to their diet, their lifestyle won't make a difference, but they really do add up over time. Um, So whether you can't, or it just isn't in your lifestyle right now to go vegan completely, just doing like, I know some people who go meatless Mondays, and they just don't, they eat no meat for an entire day. Um, And it's even the small things is one step closer to like making a change for the environment and sustainability. So I just always encourage people that I'm not telling you you to go vegan completely, but just like, maybe try tofu next time you're at a restaurant and set up the meat and see. Like it's the little stuff that adds
0: up over time. Yeah, sure. Even if you're not perfect, it's still better than nothing. Right. And I think that's, that's kind of the consensus that a lot of people have. Well, maybe not as many as should, but that is a growing consensus. I, I kind of have been seeing in the sustainability committee. Um, and then on to the next question, who do you think is like one person, uh, live or dead, whatever you want that if you could meet, you would want to
1: his name's Nimai like I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but he, he's like that. He's like almost at the face of, of, um, kind of being a vegan and, and being a bodybuilder at the same time. Um, he's got a huge social media, you know, presence and influence. Um, and he sort of was the one that I think pushed that sense of the industry forward where, you know, he was the first one that kind of, I think he has his own, um, supplement brand, uh, vegan supplement brand. Um, you know, he's got, I think well over a million followers on Instagram. I could be wrong. I might be wrong, but, um, he's sort of that first, you know, sort of face for the industry, which is pretty cool. Obviously more have come along in the past, but it'd be so cool to sort of just hear more about a story and more about, um, you know, sort of how he's lived that sort of that lifestyle and, and, and continues to push you know, um, a plant-based lifestyle and veganism forward. and makes it more and more mainstream. Yeah, sure. You said
0: Nimai was his name? Sorry. Ah, uh, yeah.
1: N-I-M-A-I.
0: You said N-I-M-A-I? Yes, sir. All right. Okay. And then guys, just uh, the last question, I guess,
1: is, is kind of where can people go to find you? Um, so our site is, um, um So that's our website. Um, again, Claire's done an amazing job with, with branding and everything. Um, it's got um, all of our posts are up. Uh, we also have an Instagram, uh, sustainably underscore swole. um And we also have a Facebook page that you can check us out on.
0: All right, sweet. All right, guys, thanks for, thanks for popping on. I really appreciate you uh, taking this time.
1: Thank you so much for having us. All right, guys, that is it for this
0: episode of Sustainable Life. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about vegan lifestyles with Claire and Marcus and came away with some tips and tricks to eat a few less animal products in your life. If you like the show today, please go ahead and leave us a review on whatever podcast app you listened on. And if you haven't already, we are really active on Instagram at sustainabro.life and would love to hear from you. And guys, that's all I got for you for this week. And so that's all she wrote.